If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. Welcome to the Money Vikings Podcast, where we conquer financial freedom. Join Greg, Jerry, and Bob as they discuss everything investing and personal finance. The Money Vikings Podcast is hosted by three dads who are doing what they can each day to burn down debt and build wealth. Learn the path to true wealth. Their podcast and website, moneyvikings.com, is a treasure trove of ideas. So without further ado, here they are, the Money Vikings. Cracking the NFT art auction code, DApps, Coinbase IPO, and how about a refreshing spring cleaning for your finances? Ah, doesn't that feel better? Welcome to the Money Vikings podcast number 33. Hey, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. Thanks, man. I'm always, I'm always trying to ham it up in the beginning to get you guys going. So, But we have, we have no Bob today. so Just the um, two of us. That's the two. It's classic. Yeah. It's classic money Vikings. It's classic money so, Vikings. Anyway, happy spring, my friend. Happy spring. Yeah, I went on a happy nice spring. hike with my uh, with my older kid. Just uh, just got back from it a few minutes ago. It was nice. Weather is so awesome for that right now. It really um, is. Yeah. 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 A little bit of a tangent, but I I, I heard this guy at work talk about how. Um, wearing the mask and you reminded me because out like hiking in during the spring he said he used to have really bad allergies but he said one good thing about the mask is that he not only has not gotten sick all year but he his allergies he says have been less severe and he attributes it to the mask so i don't know interesting that's kind of interesting so we'll see but uh what else let's let's talk a little news things here well i mean we got kids going back to school Mm -hmm. right so we do we do uh, I can't tell you what a game changer that is for us. It's uh, it's yeah, it's going to be interesting. Let's see how to how the kids get used to going back to real school again instead of working from home. Which I mean, not working from home, learning from home, which they're used to. Yeah, it's just been a it's been a long, strange year. So I'm I'm ready for this kind of like you know what I mean, slowly unfolding back out. Yeah, uh, stuff. So. Um, let's see what else I got on my mind here and what's on your mind. I, I'm, uh, uh, very excited about arc X in the news. Want to talk about that a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we've got the, uh, uh, Coinbase IPO. Are you going to pick up some Coinbase? I'm thinking about it. Maybe, uh, maybe this week I'll get a few shares depending on, uh, you know, what price it's, it opens at if it's not too ridiculous, but I don't know how to define what ridiculous or reasonable is for Coinbase. I have no idea in crypto how to define any of that. I mean, my, when my wife and I today were talking about um, non-fungible token art and what one thing we're going to talk about on the show today. And, and uh, I think I literally ended the conversation. Well, we had really good back and forth about like, you know, the different concepts there. And I think I literally ended the conversation by saying, um, literally half of me says, 
yes, it's the way of the future. Something really awesome is going to happen. And then the other half of me says in three years, we're going to be looking back and say, what the hell? That was so sad. I have no <laughs> idea. Which... <laughs> I think there's something to it, but I also think that unless you're a famous person and you have a following, it's, it's difficult, but I don't know. I, I saw the article you sent me about the local artists that made 40 grand or 45 grand selling NFT art. So um, hopefully, hopefully we can do something with it and it'd be fun to, uh, to try again. Well, it's one of our big, our big topics. Yes, today, it is. So that'll be good to talk about. Um, what else am I seeing in the news here? I, I had to share this. Um, I think you'll like these. Uh, Bill, Bill Ackman, you know, famous investor. He's pretty controversial too. But anyway, he had eight principles that his teams, uh, that his team were, uses to, for successful investing. And I wanted to share them with you. Would you like to hear I these? I would. I thought they were kind of cool. I mean, I think we can apply them to our own investing. But he said, number one, simple and predictable businesses. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number two, free cash flow generative. Sure. That's cool, right? Number three, dominant market position. Yep. Loving it. Number four, large barriers to entry. Yeah, it's, it reminds me of the Morningstar uh, wide moat business. That's like for their com- for their moat. competitors, right? Yes, yeah. for their comp- yeah, keep comp- yeah. It's not easy to get in. Like it takes a big, uh, you know, like it, it'd be really hard for you and I to start an airline, for example. Yeah, maybe that's not the best no, example, but example. we couldn't start like. <laughs> You know, yeah, Jerry and Greg's airline, uh, J, J and JG Airlines isn't taking off anytime soon. Um, let's see. High return on capital. That's always good. Yeah. Um, limited exposure to non-controllable ex- extrinsic, I guess that's like existential risks. So limited exposure to non, so risks that you can't sort of mitigate. Okay. I mean, I think I'm, I think I get that. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's a good one. Makes sense. Uh, strong balance sheet, right? Okay, kind of make sure you got your debt under control and you got cash flow and you have money in, in the books. Absolutely. And then excellent, ma- right? And then excellent management and good governance. So I thought those were cool. I wanted to share those with you. It was pretty Yeah, no, I mean, I don't think anybody could argue with any of those, to be honest. It just, uh, you know, it depends on the type of businesses. This seems like... Uh, I don't know, maybe more of the uh, like the value type of or cyclicals types of businesses. But I don't know if it, if it's more uh, tech or uh, you know what industry. If the, if this applies to any one particular industry more than another, what do you think? Well, yeah, I you know I I don't know. It's a good question. I I think the way I kind of was thinking about these lately was what we were what we were talking about just a minute ago, where you know doing so much stuff sort of on the side with like crypto and these other like really weird things. It's kind of sometimes nice to like come back to earth, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just be like, okay, like I, you know, I understand Johnson and Johnson, you know, and, and there's a place in the portfolio for that, you know, or Procter and Gamble. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Definitely. <laughs> definitely. I mean, it's, it's like night and day, the, the, the crypto, what, what's going on in crypto right now is just mind boggling and incredible. And, uh, things are changing every day every day things are changing it's hard to keep up that's why i think every yeah that's why i think every week we've got to you know talk a little bit about it but actually today i mean i don't you want to if you if you want to launch us um you know i think people that listen to our show and if you listen to the last show we started an experiment where we were taking 
mm-hmm. um, some artwork that I made, basically like a Bitcoin themed uh, fantasy type artwork. And it's pretty cool. Check it out on our website. It's got like a like a pirate queen and she's like got this guy, you know, on the ship with a sword. Uh, it's got like swashbuckling and fantasy and, and mood. And then she, he's like holding like Bitcoin. That's his treasure. And it's uh, it's called your Bitcoin or your life. So anyway, so we so we started this experiment where we wanted to make this a non fungible token. We wanted to tokenize it, you know, put the code behind it and everything and put it up um, for auction. But what happened, Jerry? <laughs> Do you want to walk us through some of the trials and tribulations? Yeah. Yeah. So all of this stuff, this NFT stuff works. It's based on Ethereum and it works on the Ethereum blockchain. So in order to mint an NFT uh, there's several steps you have to go through. Uh, the first one I had to learn about was installing MetaMask, this uh, wallet that sort of uh, works in your browser as a plugin, either Chrome or Brave, and and you install that, and then you buy some Ethereum, and you uh, you fund the wallet there with that. Now, there's a lot of different companies that uh, will help with uh, minting. There's Rarible. There's OpenSea, there's there's a few others, but they all sort of do the same thing where they let you upload your artwork. And in our case, it was an image. And so we decided to go with uh, Rarible. It seemed pretty reasonable process. But uh, yeah, the process was not so straightforward. First, I had to, uh, like I said, install MetaMask, learn about that. Then I had to buy Ethereum. And I, and I did that through them. Uh, and that worked uh, just fine. And then I went to, to Rarible and I went to upload the art. And then after it was uploaded, I had to sign it. And I believe there was a fee for that, some gas fees in Ethereum for doing that. Uh, then I ran out of uh, Ethereum. So I had to pay more. Uh, I had to basically buy more again or wire some from another wallet that I had to, uh, to the uh, MetaMask wallet and then give uh give uh rarible access to my metamask wallet something i had to do earlier uh and then i had to pay to mint it and that's that ranges anywhere from you know 50 70 i've seen it 150 or more depending on what gas fees are at and they change based on uh, uh the ethereum network utilization so went through all that, paid more because I, I I thought that when I was uh, signing it, it was enough. But then you had to go through the minting portion of it. And after all was said and done, um, the image that was uh, minted was somehow corrupted or broken. It wasn't corrupted when I previewed it, but when after I minted it, something happened. And it went on to this IPFS interplanetary file system that uh that uh yeah it's sort of on the blockchain and it's hosted there and it's it was broken and so i wrote rareable support you know is there anything you can do or whatever but you know these are all kind of so i never heard back from rareable which was unfortunate yeah i mean even like a apology or i mean it's not even really their fault these are they're They're facilitating they're facilitating a transaction that's happening on the blockchain uh, and they're they're basically just uh, they they don't control the uh, the logic on the smart contracts. Ethereum does. So Ethereum was built to do all this. But if if you sign it and upload it and the image is corrupt, they don't they can't change the rules of the game and help. So 
um, you know, I would have appreciated a response or an acknowledgement or something after spending. What, what did you spend? <laughs> this is your money that we lost. It was 100, yeah. 150, well, 120. The, and the, yeah. And the, and the time. time. I mean, I wow. learned a lot. We learned yeah. a lot. Wow. But uh, yeah, it was a broken mm. image. And I'm not saying like if we did it again, uh, this probably wouldn't happen. But I don't know. I mean, it was just bad luck because it seems like everybody and their brother are minting nfts and selling them for you know 20 ethereum but uh no i had to do a lot of research i went to reddit looked on the rareable site see if it happened to other people it did happen to other people um and one guy was kind enough to look up the uh address of the image and he's like yep it's corrupted and there's really nothing you can do he's like i suggest you burn it and then uh and and that's a term for uh destroying 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 it on the blockchain Mm. You know how much that cost? That was that was thirty or forty bucks just to burn it before we. St- so I didn't Jeez. burn it. It's still still out wow. there. If someone wants to buy our broken image yeah. for an Ethereum. <laughs> maybe it'll be worth something someday. No. I, yeah, maybe it will. Do Do you think we should try um, OpenSea? Is that? I mean, are they? Would they have like better support? Just an idea. Yeah, potentially. I mean, and there's there's a few new ones that are coming out as well that claim to not charge as much in gas fees or, or they, I mean, mm. they pay for it or I, I don't know, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of left me sore on the whole minting NFT things. And maybe, maybe I shouldn't let that uh, get to me, but I just felt like after all the time and money that was spent trying to get it working, um, I don't, mm. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Yeah, try not okay. to give up yet. Let's give it one more. Let's give it. I mean, you know, not immediately, but let's let's give it one more try, and and maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe trying a different site or something. But uh, I I just can't understand why an image would be broken. And, That's so strange. And if the I, gas fees on Ethereum weren't so high, you know, it would be very easy. Like these fees should be you know a few bucks here and there to put things up. It shouldn't be right. You know. 100 over 100 yeah you're talking about two just to sign something and put yeah. it back up at another 100 bucks one to 300 bucks just to do that every time yeah it's like it's like how many times you're going to try this where you're going to go forget it i'm not spending you know 500 bucks to try to get this thing on, on the yeah. sites so it did kind of lead me down an interesting path because i was so frustrated with uh ethereum and the gas fees that uh, I started looking at another coin called uh, the Binance coin. I don't know if you've heard of Binance. I think mm-hmm. they're a Chinese mm-hmm. exchange, and they have their own coin called Binance token. And they have one that is basically, it's a clone of Ethereum. And it works the same way, except their fees to, to do things uh, are very, very cheap right now at least. Mm. So I was exploring, maybe it's worth getting some alt tokens and uh, minting NFTs on the Binance smart chain. I just don't know if they're as uh, prominent uh, of a marketplace as Ethereum is, despite the, the gas fees and the network congestion. It seems like Binance might mm-hmm. might be a runner up to Ethereum in the future, uh, and the price has really gone up a lot since I first learned about uh, Binance token. It was less than three hundred. Now it's over four hundred, and that's just a few weeks. So interesting. Well, maybe it's another one. Do you do you think Ethereum's going to yes. get better? It's it's supposed to. There's supposed to be a layer two 
update that's already started in what they call a test net. And I cannot wait till layer two is out because I have wallets in several places that, you know, the amounts of money in these various wallets, 30, 40 bucks, just all over the place sitting there, they, it costs more money to move the money out of those wallets because of the gas fees. And, mm-hmm. and one of the other topics, you know, we can talk about today or, or next time is uh, decentralized finance and yield farming. All of the stuff that you want to do, you need to have Ethereum in your wallet to, to do these things, even if it's uh, with a different token that runs like an altcoin that runs on the Ethereum network, like BAT, you know about BAT, B-A-T? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Basic so that token. is a, uh, yeah. it's another altcoin token, but that needs Ethereum to exist. So in order to move that, buy that, sell that, swap it for another token, you need Ethereum to do that. And right now it costs more than the values I have in these, in these wallets uh, than you know, if I wanted to convert bat into Ethereum and I had 30 bucks of bat, it would cost me 50 or $60 to do that. So what's the point, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we, we've kind of, we've said it before on the show that, um, you know, there's a theory out there that with all this crypto stuff, we're kind of in like the early dot com days. Right. And it it takes like a long time to get the infrastructure and the bugs sort yes. of worked out. And then obviously. Right. And then over time, the marketplace, you know, picks the winners and the losers, quote unquote, in terms of which ones are more efficient, the lowest cost, the best speed, the best you know interface and all that. And so maybe we are living through that. I mean, again, I I don't know. Half of me says we're living through that. The other half says, again, we're going to look back three years and be like, what were we doing? But I I don't know. I mean, it seems that there is a use case for this stuff. I am I am quite bullish on Ethereum, um, at least over the next year or two. Um, I keep buying a little more Ethereum here and there because I really do think it's it's, uh, it, it will continue to grow. Yeah, I mean, it's so. definitely the first to market with this. Uh, I mean, the first popular, maybe there's other ones that uh, also it uh, maybe ETH Classic was the first. I don't know if ETH Classic had all the, the bells and whistles that uh, Ethereum has today that we're that we're talking about. But yeah, the prices, the prices really, uh, it seems to be holding 2000 is of this recording. And um, yeah. And I'm mining it and I'm having fun with that. I'm making a couple bucks a day, 60 bucks a month, just, just mining Ethereum. So the gas fees are kind of coming back to me in, in other ways. So it's, it's, it's fun to be a miner and just <laughs> right. kind of growing slowly growing my, my ETH collection over time. I'm not going to retire off it or anything or, but um, no, I mean, <laughs> it adds up if Ethereum stays where it is, it's 600 sure. bucks a year. So I just need to keep my computer yeah, running 24 hey. seven. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, too, I, I, you know, like a lot of the things we do for like the, the blog and the show, like they're really good learning experiences. And so in my book, you don't want to lose a lot of money on lo- learning experiences. But if you lose a couple hundred dollars, but you learn something new about the world, then I, it's kind of worth the tuition in my book. I totally you know what I mean? understand what you mean. That's yeah. Kind of way I and I, yeah. I did. I've learned so, a lot. I've kind of went into this rabbit hole on uh, decentralized finance. And I'm trying to understand you can make interest on your crypto, which is something I didn't know you could do till this year. And you didn't, you didn't know that either, right? You got the BlockFi app. Not until yeah. BlockFi. Yeah. BlockFi is the first experience. And, I'm and having how's that, that working and out with Again, you? I, 
it's so far great. I mean, and again, I, you know, Jerry, it's one of those things where I look at it and I'm thinking, is this too good to be true? I mean, what's going on here, but it's, yeah, it's consistently paying six, seven, eight percent on, on the, uh, I don't even know why anyone would, I mean, well, I do know why, but it's like, I'm kind of like, why do I have a, a checking account with making point, you know, 9%. Yeah. Cause your, interest. your checking account, I guess it doesn't have the risk that it, you know, could crash or, or, right. or just go and I mean, crash, like right. dive in half the the value. I mean, the value of the dollar is kind of crashing in slow motion right now. That's a different topic, but not as, not as fast right. as Bitcoin's, <laughs> you know, 20, 30, 50% moves up and down. I've noticed too, with the interest that you can get on different cryptos, the more stable the coin is, the, the more interest you get and the less stable in term or volatile, I should be saying the, the more volatile it is, the, um, what is it? You get less interest because there's potential upside. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, that's, that's, a, yeah. that's a market thing, yeah. right? A market force. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, hey, don't give up. Let's give it one more try. Yeah. I'm not saying today, but let's like let's regroup ourselves a little bit. And I think we should give it one more shot because uh, um, it's got to. Yeah, I mean, we we, we got to be able to figure this out. I mean, it's it's like it's like you did a lot. You did all the right things. I mean, why? You know, there there must be. And as as I'm saying, as they improve these things, I bet there's a different platform that has either better help support or maybe they've figured out this problem mm -hmm. and they've solved it. Right. Um, and I think we'll find that over the next few months. So I don't know. Let's give it you a got try it. in the future. You got it. Yeah. Let people know. Yeah. So, um, hey, we're going to talk about uh, another topic we we're thinking of talking about today. Mm -hmm. If we could, you want to yeah. move on from crypto for a second? Yeah. Okay. This is a little more bread and butter, um, personal finance stuff, but sometimes we like to do that too. But, um, you know, I, I don't know about you, Jerry, but every spring, um, I not only like to do spring cleaning of kind of like my, my physical stuff, like the house and like the stuff that accumulates from kids yeah. and from just life. Right. It's nice to kind of like take that box to the goodwill or have a garage sale or whatever, um, you know, make some more room in the garage to <laughs> fill it up with more junk um, the next year. But anyway, um, I do, I actually like to do a, a bit of spring cleaning of finances. And this was actually inspired a few years ago. One of our, one of our most popular blog posts, um, we've had a couple over the years, but one of them was we, we cone married our finances, which is, which Kone Mari for people that don't know is uh, there's a woman named Marie Kondo and she has a really cool show, but She's famous for, she's Japanese and she's famous for helping people declutter their spaces, but it's not just about decluttering. Like the, the, the concept or the theory behind it is that it really does improve your energy and your mood and your success. And I don't know, I, I kind of believe in it. I mean, I think our physical space yes. does impact the way we, you know, right. Our energy level, the way we feel, um, uh, we all know that. I mean, that's, that's probably self-evident, but anyway, so I, I got inspired by her way of like physically decluttering. And at the time I was thinking, how, how is there a way we can declutter our, um, you know, our, mm -hmm. our personal finances? Um, and so, um, uh, go through a couple of them. Um, so it is, ta you know, we just, we kind of are getting through tax time. Right. And so one of the things, one of the first things I like to do that this time of year is I try to assess, the amount being with is the amount being withdrawn accurate. What I mean is if you're in my book, if you're getting too big of a refund or if you're, if, or if you're owing too much, 
those are probably mm-hmm. both red flags, right? And yeah, I mean, if, if you're getting too big, people probably, some people are scratching their head. Like, no, well, a refund's great. <laughs> but if you think about it, if, no, it's not right. If you're getting too big of a refund, like, you know, let's say you're getting like, wow, this is great. I'm getting, you know, 4,000 bucks back from the IRS. The problem is you, you lent that money to the federal government for a whole year and you and didn't make a dime of interest. So it's like, yeah. So it's like, why, why would you give a free loan? I mean, I'm patriotic, so it's all great. And I pay my taxes, but at the end of the day, why don't you pay your fair share and, and move on? Cause you've got to take care of your own family. And so, uh, you know, and, or the other thing is that if you're owing too much, it might be a little bit of too much of a shock. So, um, so I made a few little adjustments cause I'm always trying to get, you know, I'm either trying to either have either owe just a little bit or, um, Mm-hmm. Or get a small refund. That's kind of my goal. I'm trying to get in that window. So how about yeah, you? same you thing. It's a lot of guesswork thing? with me, and I've sort of been able to uh, modify it over the years. So it works out fairly well. But you know, every year tax laws change, things change in the various states we're in. Um, but yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. And April is a good month to take a look at your uh, what? What do they call that? That's the. Uh, it's on the. Is it on the W? four form and there's a section where you can change the uh the withdrawal right oh yeah right more or less and you You put a number there and there's a little calculation right you know you're married single how many kids and then it kind of aggregates up and it comes out to a number and then you can either go with that the one two three four or zero or and you can also uh voluntarily take out more on top of that if you feel like uh you know, that's, that number is not uh, reflective of, of uh, it's not accurate. So there, it's yeah, good to talk I'm with, with you. your accountant yeah. or tax person to, to make sure that is uh, being managed correctly. Cause I mean, obviously it's, it's fun to get, you know, four grand back at the end of the year and that's nice. And, and especially <laughs> when you're expecting, you know, that you owe money, but uh, the better thing is to just always try and aim for, for zero and, uh, and kind of move on from there. Yeah, there you go. And the other little lever that you know about that you, that a person could push up and down is they could increase their 401k uh, contributions because mm-hmm. that's tax deferred, right? So that 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 reduces your taxable income. Many people maybe don't know that. The more you put, if you put all that money into that 401k, that actually reduces your taxable income. You're not taxed on that until you withdraw it. And, you know, I'm not talking about Roths. That's a separate topic. But in general, that reduces your tax yes. burden immediately. And um, also another anyway. little known trick is the um, the health savings account, which I use too. But you can only do that at the beginning of the year uh, where you can allocate what percentage of your uh, or, or like how much there's a max, I think, of seven grand and you can per year. And so that's kind of on top of the 401k. It's a very similar type of tax vehicle but it's better in some ways that you don't have to pay to take it out and you can invest it and let it accumulate tax-free as well as long as it's for qualified medical expenses Mm. very nice very nice 
So the other one I like to do is, and I, I think, I think you have, I think you run into the same issue because we do our blog and our money Viking and our personal finance stuff. So I, I always, each year I end up accumulating like too many accounts. And I think part of that is because we we're kind of Guinea mm-hmm. pigs for our audience in a way, because we're always trying out like, Oh, here's the new, you know, the, the, the just what you mentioned before, like here, you know, we're trying block and we're, you know, we're trying acorns and we're trying, but sometimes at the end of the year, I've sort of got like too many mm-hmm. irons in the fire. I feel like where I've just sort of, and, and and again, it's, it's a, it's a healthy thing because we're learning and we're trying things, but at the same time, I don't want to get too like mm-hmm. spread out and unfocused. You know what I mean? So I usually end up trying to like close one or two accounts and kind of like, right. and not that they were bad. They, they just aren't for me. You know, and a, an example was um, I, I closed my acorns and I actually think yes. uh, very highly of acorns. I think it's an, right. I think it's an awesome concept for the audience members that don't know, we have an article about it, but basically it's one of these things that takes your, like every time you make a charge on your credit card or debit card, you can have the charges like you, let's say you go buy a, uh, you know, in and out burger, you know, meal or whatever for, you know, $4 and 75 cents. It basically rounds up, right? So it then it makes it a $5 meal. It takes that, that quarter and it puts it in an investment account. And so it was kind of fun. I mean, it just, it just, you know, cause you didn't feel you like, just you kind of live anything. your life, you were, you do what were, you got to do. And then slowly you kind of yeah. start accumulating. It's a very, it's a very powerful, simple idea. It really is. And before you, and I, I remember before I knew it on that thing, I hadn't looked at it in a long time. And all of a sudden it was like a thousand bucks. And I'm like, I'm like, wow. I mean, that was like from 35 cents, 55 cents, you know, 75 cents. Um, you know, and, and again, it was throwing it into yeah. an index fund. It was growing. Um, but, you know, but again, it, for me, it was, it was one more thing mm-hmm. that I had to kind of remember and kind of like look at sometimes. And I, I was like, you know, I've got too many. So anyway, it, that could be great for other people, but yes. that was one that I just had to reduce. Um, so I don't know if you do, do you do anything Again, like that I, where you kind of like consolidate? Yeah, I, I mean, or... you're talking about the uh, number of accounts. I tried to, I'm kind of going in the wrong direction every year. It is kind of a new year's resolution for me to, uh, to close a few <laughs> accounts and have, have less accounts than I did the year prior. But then, like you said, we are kind of experimenting and guinea pigs and trying new things out. So there's always that sort of counter against that um yesterday because i wanted to buy a altcoin that i couldn't find anywhere except binance i signed up for a binance account it's called helium and the symbols hnt and i'm very interested in kind of this uh this mesh network that uh it's called like proof of location and you can help mine with radio signals and it just seemed very interesting and i'd love to get the hardware to do it but right now i just okay i'll just invest in the token and see where that goes so i had to do binance i i I really hate opening up new accounts but binance has a lot of different binance.us has a lot of different tokens that coinbase and some of the others uh don't necessarily offer uh in in their uh, catalog so i thought why not i'll just i'll bite the bullet and uh just Mm. just hold some some helium and see Mm. what happens there um, but yeah, I, I tried to close a stash from a few years ago. I closed acorns. I did have both of those acorns or stash actually still emails me. I probably have like a penny in there. So even though I tried to close it, I still get, <laughs> you know, updates. Your, your documents are ready at tax time and whatnot. I'm like, really? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's almost like the, the thing about it, Jerry, is that I feel like there's almost, 
I've just realized after doing our blog now for so many years and, and all the research we've done, there's almost too yes. many good products. I mean, they're, they're great, you know? And so I, you know, I, I, yes. I love Robinhood. I love Cash App. Yes. I mean, you, Cash App, yes. you can invest in stocks. I mean, you can buy stocks in Cash App. And, you know, it's, I think it just depends on where you are in life. But, you know, for someone that's, uh, you know, I'll throw this out there as an example. You know, for someone that's an Uber driver and and they like the lifestyle of the Uber driving, but they don't have like a traditional job, right, where they go sit in an office and all that kind of stuff. You know, Cash App is a great way to like, you know, throw money into into investments like right away. They probably could get like paid through their Cash App and they could throw it into Apple stock the next day or into Bitcoin and make Mm -hmm. their money, you know, work even harder for them. So, you know, everybody's got a different thing. So I I just... I'm you know, I'm convinced go, go that with, it's kind yeah, of the end of the checking account, you know, not just for the reasons you were saying earlier in terms of the the interest that we're getting now from from crypto and stable coins, but also just I mean, Cash App, you don't need a Bank of America or a uh, you know Mission Federal or whatever uh, bank account. You, you've got the ability to get paid from your job. You've got the routing and you've got the account number, so they can they can send checks, you know, electronically to you and make deposits. And then you can you can invest it, you can automate it, you can send it to people for free. It's just kind of amazing how many awesome tools there are. And same with Robinhood too. Robinhood has a credit card. Uh, Robinhood, you can you you have a routing and a and a, um, account number just like a regular bank. So you could get paid into either of those and really not need your traditional bank account anymore. That that's so cool that you mentioned that. Did you did you hear last week? I don't know if you heard this or not, but Jamie Dimon, right's famous CEO of Chase, uh, basically said one of the biggest threats to Chase and to other large banking yes. institutions is that kind of fintech. He said he said we are we are <laughs> totally in trouble from that. You know, it's exactly what you just said. And and I was kind of thinking of the other day. There's just so many good options for people that like you said, who, yeah, who's going to need, how are these, how are, how is Chase going to differentiate itself? You know, my mind is that they, they better acquire one of these companies yeah. or build their own. Right. Because that's, I think that's the only way they're going to. I also think the other um, advantage so, they do have is brick and mortar. And sometimes it's nice to be able to talk with a teller or a manager at a bank. If there's some sort of problem with your money, whereas with uh, square and Robin hood, there's no 800 number. You're not going to get a person. You will be able to chat with them or email them, but it's kind of this, the standard kind of support response model that we have with internet services. Well, that's a really excellent point because yeah, I, I just recently had to go into my credit union a couple of times. And if I had to work through some frustrating app and talk to a robot um, for eternity, I would, it would have not have been good. Like yeah. I would have just basically quit that app and I would have just said, forget it. Like this is way too hard. And yeah, so that's very interesting. I wonder uh, who will be able to merge the two right into a, into a system that really serves people Yeah, that will probably yeah. be the winner. <laughs> so that's, that's very interesting. Um, yeah. Cause yeah, like if, yeah, if I was, if I was Jamie Diamond, I'd be wanting to build my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, why mm-hmm. not build their mm-hmm. own cash app or acquire one, right? And and just make it part of your network. I mean that that would actually maybe give Agreed. customers even more tools. Yes, um, like you said, best of both worlds. So, yeah, that's very interesting. Um, 
So uh, I think you'll relate to this one. I think, I think actually you do a really good job of this, probably a lot better than I do. Um, but uh, I just find spring a good time to review the portfolio allocations. Mm -hmm. I think of that as spring cleaning as well. And we're probably doing that through the year, but um, you know, is, are the, are the allocations and the investment choices working? Do you, do you think from your research that they're set up for the way the world is now versus the way the world is going to be in the future. Um, you know, and I, I the, my biggest experience with this is helping a family member yes. manage their portfolio who's retired. And I don't know if I mentioned this to you, I probably mentioned this in one of your shows, but one of the things about that person's portfolio is that I started probably helping to manage it maybe about a year ago, let's say. Um, but it, it, it really needed a refresh. It was it was set up fine for the way the world was seven years ago, but it, it, but it was not set up for now, you know, and uh, you know, I won't go into details of that, but that could be like, it was maybe too heavy on, you know, low, low grade bonds, or it was, you know, maybe it was too heavy in uh, you know, oil yes. stocks or, you know what I mean? Like sort of, you know, and it just wasn't sort of keeping up with like, um, you know, there, there's just so much going on right now that is, you know, um, you know, ESG, you know, in ESG investing, right? Environmental, societal investing, infrastructure, dividend payers, uh, electric vehicles, genomics. And in my mind, I'm not saying people need to like throw everything in those things, but I think right now a well-balanced portfolio has exposure to those types of things. And how you find that exposure is definitely a personal choice and up to each person, but, um, I just think that I just don't think a portfolio is going to keep up to pace unless it has exposure to things that I would call the things of now and the future and the way the world is going. Right. Maybe even a little, um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, maybe some international exposure. Yeah. Right? You know, yeah. we talk about EEM and that kind of stuff. So anyway, I'm always kind of looking at uh, my portfolio allocations, trying to make sure. I mean, there's the whole I think we talked about this before, too. There's always the. Um, the 70, 30, 70% stocks, 30% bonds or whatever you're comfortable with. But then within the stocks, you know, once you've got kind of the macro stuff, right, stocks, bonds, cash allocation, then you start looking at different themes. Uh, are you into large caps? Are you into small caps? Are you into value? Are you into growth? And that, that Morningstar matrix that I talk about a lot, I, I really like looking at that um, every day, but I kind of look at it not just for the daily, but also for the weekly, monthly, yearly, and you know, three-year, five-year, 10-year trend just to see like what's going on. And I want to make sure that uh, you know, my retirement funds are allocated properly. I don't have a lot of spare cash to just start buying things that I think are neat on any given day. So when I do want to make an investment, I will mm -hmm. pull from something that I think I might be overexposed in and I'll do it in a, in a non-taxable account, like an IRA or a Roth. And then I'll, I'll reinvest that same day into uh, you know, something new that I think that uh, maybe has more promise. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I think some of this stuff, I know for me, Jerry, it gets a little bit overwhelming at times because I can read I can literally read one market watch article on Monday go that long, says, go long. oh yeah, you know, it's all about, you know what I mean? It's yeah. Like it's all, it's all about value. Yeah. Growth is dead. Tech is dead. And literally on Friday, on Friday, I'll read another article that says, oh, by the way, <laughs> growth and tech are back and value is dead. And you're just like, so, 
you know, that's the only thing Agreed. that I think people have to yeah. be careful about yeah. balancing. Um, right. I, that's, <clears throat> that, that can be a challenge for me. Um, I just, you know, my, you know what I always go back to though, when I, when I get a little overwhelmed by those types of information is I think about the think about it this way. I don't think anybody can go wrong if you are trying to diversify into quality assets, right? I think if you're owning quality assets, yeah, they're all not going to be the best or that they might someday, you know, be the best or whatever. And, and some, some might go down, some might go up, but I think in the long run, if you average things out, if you're trying to buy quality assets that you understand, you know, and sticking with them, you know, I think you're going to do okay. Um, I think so. I I, I don't think, yeah, (laughs) that's, that's what it comes down to. You need to be able to sleep at night. And I know, you know, when I'm doing, uh, like naked calls on Australian currency, uh, I don't sleep well at night when I'm doing stuff like that. So, you know, once in a while it might be fun <laughs> if I'm on vacation, but uh, yeah, no, I, I'm. It's funny you said that. I, I finally, you'll laugh about this. I finally got my Bitcoin and crypto allocations at Good. the right level for me. And I think people will understand that, you know, because there was a while where, um, a couple months yeah. ago, I was going real heavy into Bitcoin, but I, I it got to a point where I was like, <laughs> I, I just started looking at it. I'm like, no, yeah. I, I, I can't, I can't stomach this being slashed in half. So I found, I found that um, Goldilocks amount <laughs> where, where I'm like, you know what? I, I can live with this. Yeah. I don't want to lose this money, but if I did, I, I'll move on and I'm not going to think about it all night because, because yes. that stuff fluctuates all night. I mean, that's the other thing you have to realize. And sometimes, sometimes, I don't know if you've noticed, like it starts spiking, like mm-hmm. when we're going mm-hmm. to bet on the West Coast. <laughs> I, I It's that? always, it's very volatile so, and it's always changing. It depends on people tweeting it, depending on, you know, minor throughput in China. I mean, there's so many institutional, uh, big banks getting involved. There, there's so many things that can affect crypto and Bitcoin and, and, you know, they're, uh, they're friends, the altcoins. So it's, it's, it's volatile, but as long as you're comfortable and you can sleep at night and you feel like if, if that were lost, you would be able to survive, then it's probably the right allocation for you. Right. There you go. Well, you got any interesting, uh, trades or, um, uh, I'm hoping next week, that uh, a Bitcoin ETF gets approved next week. Although I doubt, I hope, I doubt it's going to happen next week. It's going to happen, but you know, Fidelity's wow. got them. Uh, okay. uh, there's a lot of Van Eck, your Van friend, Eck. uh, Anthony Scaramucci's got one. Yeah. They've all applied. They've all, they've all applied to the SEC <laughs> right. to get Sky permission. Bridge. And there's several in Canada that have already been approved. So, uh, there aren't any in the U.S. And what I really would like to do is, you know, put a little bit into one of them when they're available in one of the retirement accounts and just kind of forget about it for a while. Um, and so because they're not approved yet, I'm thinking uh, Coinbase might be a proxy for Bitcoin and, and that can be bought in a retirement account. So I'm thinking maybe a few shares of uh, coin next week when they IPO, but I don't know. I'm going to pick up some coin. Yeah. I'm going to have some fun with that. I figure it's, that'll be kind of they interesting. Do. I mean, they, they make a ton of money. So if you want to go back to the, you know, right. If you want to go back to the, uh, um, 
you know, Bill Ackman uh, uh, principles. I mean, yes. they make tons of money and they have a pretty wide moat. So, you know, that might be maybe that checks a couple boxes. Um, <laughs> wouldn't it? Wouldn't it blow your mind if like stranger things have some? happened? <laughs> stranger things have happened. Yeah. Um, the other one I'm looking at, and it didn't really take off or rocket into space. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. But um, you know me and Arc, so Arc X. Um, I'm, I'm going to add, I'm going to keep adding to, to ArcX and, uh, the, the arc, you know, the arc funds, I just try to add a couple every week and just hold on to them. Um, cause I, again, I, I really actually do believe in their, in their philosophy. They, they've kind of, I know in the news media, um, I think they've kind of fallen at a favor or something. I, I keep reading kind of like, you know, negative pieces lately on, on, on arc and, they're not so like i don't know they're not like really negative but they're just kind of like you know eh, blah you know whatever uh it's over and and i'm and i'm and i, I don't know I, i'm still <laughs> well, believe, i mean I'm the last few weeks growth has sort of come back <laughs> so. there was the whole rotation trade as you were talking about reading articles on on market watch value is now the cool place to be and then in the last few weeks it seems to have changed value is still okay it's not it's not uh, going down but but growth is really coming back and that's great for the arc funds honestly my i have very little exposure to the original arc one and i'm still underwater not by very much but a little bit and i'm actually shorting <laughs> arc gen- genomics and yeah just, just <laughs> sold the call against it oh are uh, you wow for, okay and it, it's up a little i mean it's up for me because it went down a little bit but i'm probably going to get out of that it's not a long-term thing it's like a a few week type of thing just to see just to have some uh what do they call it negative delta in my uh in my options portfolio because i can't mm-hmm. it's so funny i love i love this I, I love when we talk about this stuff because uh you know i'm yeah i'm the opposite on arc genomics because i've been watching kathy wood of course lately like i always do and uh you know, I, I would just encourage you and anybody to watch a few videos of them talking about arc genomics, because first of all, from a human medical standpoint, it's absolutely mind blowing. But one of the one of the really crazy statistics that she put out there and don't quote me on the numbers, you'll but you'll get the idea. It, it like seriously, like a few years ago for if you went in and you had some kind of disease, right, and you went into the doctor, it would have cost like something like $500,000 for them to do an individual genetic test on you that could, that could characterize and establish a, um, an understanding of your disease to design a, basically to put together a designer medication, right. That was just for you to handle your specific, whatever. Okay. And it has to do with like protein folding and all this kind of weird stuff. It's, it all goes into like coronavirus and et cetera, but let me, let me just put it this way. They said over the next couple of years, like in, in, in a couple of years, what would have cost, again, like $500,000 for them to address your specific problem with a medicine XYZ, nice. it's going to be like 250 bucks. Yeah. So, so like that, you know, that's why I'm long arc genomics, because that's the kind of stuff they're focusing on, which are absolutely game changers for humanity. Um, you know, and again, I hate. I could be wrong. In a couple of years, I could say, why was I investing in our genomics? Maybe it was, you know, it, it never came to fruition. But this is what I'm hearing. Yeah, so I find no, it I mean, at least again, the short was just more for a, kind of a fun short term trade, not a long term bet against uh, genomics or anything like that. I love those companies like CRISPR and, and, you know, the ones at the forefront trying to edit genes and splice 
them to to fix uh, diseases and things like that. I think that's amazing <laughs> stuff to definitely be long on for as like a macro theme for the next 10, 20 years, next decade. Oh man. I mean, if I, I, I think it is. Yeah. I really think it is. Yeah. I just, so uh, that's cool that it, it is fun, but again, other lots of ways to be involved and play it as you're saying. So um well, Jerry, you too. Uh, this has been fun. Talking it's with it's you, as been always. too long. I think we missed the last couple uh, of weeks I've... for various things and Easter and whatnot, but uh, we're back. We did. We're back, everybody. Really, thank you, everyone. Rate for us listening. on iTunes. Please share us uh, with your friends. And uh, yeah, yeah, on iTunes. Yeah, please. Uh, we really enjoy doing this and we hope it's of value to you. We want to make this as valuable as possible. I will leave you with one final thought. It's a Warren Buffett quote. And this is a good food for thought. The stock market is a highly efficient mechanism for the transfer of wealth from the impatient Ooh. to the patient. On this show, yeah, Jerry famously said, uh, one of his favorite traders said it was the sitting yep. that made him the money, yep. not the doing, the sitting and waiting. So that reminded me of your, of your quote. The stock market is a very efficient mechanism for the transfer of wealth from the impatient to the patient. Very good. So very I'm going to try to harness my inner patience. Excellent quote. Thank you, Warren. <laughs> you too. Have a good week. Great talking with you, my friend. financial professionals and this podcast is designed for entertainment purposes only we are regular folks who do research and present opinions to an audience in a fun way our opinions should not be construed with the views of any organizations we may be affiliated with this podcast does not represent the thoughts intentions plans, strategies of our employers it only represents the opinions of the authors if you need specific guidance on your own financial situation please consult a financial fiduciary professional. Thank you.